Welcome to Riley on Film. I'm your host, Damian Riley. You can find out more and subscribe for free always at RileyOnFilm.com. Now, on with the show. Please listen carefully. Okay, I have some great news. Great news to me. I think it'll be great news for you as well as a listener. I am having some guests on my show. It has been a long time, and I think it's high time that I had some great folks on my show. Carl Wonders will be my first guest, and he's going to be on next week. Uh, the week after that, I'm sorry. Next week is 4th of July, and then the week after that, he's going to be on the show, and that will probably be posting, oh, probably around the 13th, maybe the 12th. Uh, it depends on how much mixing I have to do on that. And I'm really excited to have Carl. Carl is, was one of our early guests on Talking Stars when Darren and I ran that show. And, and he was a great guest. And he's fascinated by the soundtracks to films. So hopefully we'll get a little insight from him on horror films and the soundtracks that go with them. Also, uh, thrillers is a focus of our show as well. So we'll be talking about Ex Machina. That's the movie that he chose to uh, bring on and present on the show. And we'll both be presenting it and talking about it. And Alicia Vikander, of course, is a beautiful babe. Uh, She's mostly robot in this one, though. So uh, we'll see how much power this female robot can foist on others. So looking forward to having Carl on the show just in a couple short weeks. And the week after that, I'm having Movie Rob on my show. Uh, You know him from his site and his reviews and his extraordinarily high number of films that he has seen and reviewed. That's kind of his claim to fame. He's been calling in from, zooming in from, uh, well not zooming in, but uh, Skyping in. There we go from um israel and that's where he's from down there in israel uh, but he's originally an american so it's it's great to talk to him and touch base with him and he was you know always been a big friend to my vlog uh, and my podcast and i've had him on my podcast a few times talking stars and then also at least once maybe twice i had him on rather on film so i'm excited to uh hook up with him again and bring him on for your listening enjoyment and we are going to do a nightmare on elm street part three and i for one am thrilled about that show so you can go ahead and subscribe uh now so you don't miss those shows i also have some other guests that are waiting in the wings i haven't confirmed yet but it looks like we're probably going to have four or five guests over the summer and the summer is turning into like less than two months left but i've got a lot of promises from people that want to be on i just need to work it out and i'll be getting in touch with them and of course if you'd like to be on the show just get in touch with me i i'd love to have you i don't really have a screening process as long as you have a passion about horror movies uh, or thrillers uh, it'd be great to have you on because that's kind of what i'm turned on by right now uh, it may change when I run out of horror movies, but right now I'm kind of the horror guy, and that's what you'll get when you tune in here. 
So with all this promotion, you might be wondering, hey, do you even have a movie, Damien? Yes, I do. I do have a movie. Today's movie is American Fright Fest. The synopsis of the thing is, blood runs rampant on Halloween night when a small town's Fright Fest becomes real inside the walls of a long abandoned asylum. Okay, and there are many horror movies that take place in an asylum. I've always found that setting especially creepy. The idea of all those electronics and gadgets and sharp things and just you see all the things in there that are the instruments of keeping the mind calm and the people that are in those asylums cannot keep their minds calm. And I shudder to think about the kinds of things that they did to patients. Oh, say about the 1930s or 1940s, even up to then. I'd like to hope by the 50s, they did less unnecessary electric shock. Although I have heard that from Carrie Fisher, she used to speak about electric shock a lot. And she was bipolar. She'd get the mania real bad and the depression. And... She used electric shock, I think it was like twice, two, three times a week she was getting it. Well, she passed away, so we don't know if that was hard on her heart or what, but they say it's perfectly safe now, the way they do it, and it won't harm the patient. But I still think of it, the way it looks is very barbaric. In A Beautiful Mind, I remember when Russell Crowe's character, was get, John Nash, was getting electroshock therapy, and it was hard to watch. Just to think of the body tensing up like that because of a foreign electric force, I don't think that that would be a good thing to do. If you're living, of course, if you're living uh, tortured, then, you know, with mental illness, then that would be a welcomed relief. And But I don't think they were really thinking too much about alleviating the suffering of uh, mentally ill people in those times, those old days. But let's skip forward to now and let's look at what's going on here. We have this old asylum. There are other movies that take place in asylums. Session 9. This is a pretty darn good movie if you haven't seen it. This is a different movie than I'm reviewing today. But I just want to mention a few of these that I've seen that are pretty darn good. Grave Encounters is okay. It wasn't particularly my favorite, but people do like it. And they give it pretty good ratings as far as horror goes. Uh, the Ganjiam Haunted Asylum. I haven't seen that one, but it's very, very popular. Uh, the Ward. Very interesting. That's a John Carpenter film. Definitely see some torturing going on in there. Uh, I think claustrophobia is what you feel in a lot of these films. Maybe that's why I find them so scary. Gothica is a Halle Berry film. Very good asylum film and it goes on and on Let's see if I can find anything on this list that's really huge well what do you know a nightmare on Elm Street 3 which is one I'm gonna be doing with movie Rob takes place in an asylum too cool dead girl amazing film I have reviewed that on here if you want to look for it in my archives madhouse Eliza Graves bedlam it just goes on and on. There's so many. You can even find sites, as I'm doing a search here, that say the 100 best horror movies. So these are the 100 best, and there's probably 
at least 500 of them out there, right? But the film we are having interest in today is American Fright Fest. And I will tell you that this film never gives up on itself. We have the director to thank for that. Whether it should have given up on the cutting room floor is an individual choice that each horror fan has to make. In other words, I'm not going to slam this movie because it did have redeeming qualities. It is indeed scary at times, which is surprising for its PG rating. Dylan Walsh of Nip and Tuck fame is looking slightly older and certainly less adept with his lines. He's Spencer Crow, a fallen from grace horror director who's trying to make a comeback. To color it up a bit, he rents out an old insane asylum and places cameras in various locations. His quote, direction, takes place in a room that resembles the film Sliver. Now, I'm not talking about the actual director of the film. I'm just talking about this fictional character, Spencer Crow, who is a director that's sort of fallen from grace and he's trying to make a comeback. So his direction takes place in a room that resembles the film Sliver. I don't know if you ever saw that. The Baldwin, the other Baldwin brother is in that. Uh, I think it's William Baldwin. Anyway, uh, I'm not really planning to talk about Sliver that much, but it does take place in a room where there are many screens and you can do surveillance and peeping Tom stuff as well from where he sits. He watches everything that happens in between huge snorts of cocaine. You might try an edible or a six pack while watching. It appears to have been filmed in that sort of consciousness. The director is Ante Novakovic, the real director. And he looks to be a non-director, actually, on his IMDb uh, rap sheet. He's worked in the miscellaneous crew of a few big-name movies. So this was apparently his chance at a horror hit, horror comedy hit. Too bad it didn't rise that high. I-M-O. Luke Baines plays the good criminal that escaped from the prison bus. He has a fascinating brow region on his face that protrudes. His deep-seated eyes make him a great villain, only in this he's not a villain really. He is an escaped convict, but the evil killer also got off the crashed prison bus. Bane's character gets a conscience and tries to warn everyone in the asylum, but fails miserably. My logical mind disallowed me to accept most of the premises in this film. If you are a comeback kid director, why are you locked in a room with peeping Tom cameras on innocent thrill-seekers? At one point, many have been hacked and slashed, and the director tells everyone he's filming his, quote, best work. Why didn't any actors in this film object to that line? It makes no sense. Good horror directors create scenes. They don't film them as they come to pass. Madison McKinley is a fest all to herself. She makes the waiting through the plot bearable. Yeah, she's a hot chick. We don't see a whole lot of her, though, probably owing to the P. Last year, I remember I enjoyed two other films like this, Hellfest and Haunt. The former was my favorite. It was simple and not a comedy. I'm going to go ahead and say it again. Comedy and horror has to be done very well for it to work as a scary thing. These two films I saw last year were definitely not comedies. 
but they were like American Fright Fest in that they were movies about scary attractions. So, if the comedic part of this that I'm discussing doesn't sound interesting to you, go see Hellfest and Haunt. They're much better. Personally, I might have enjoyed American Fright Fest more if it lost the comedic, comedic excuse me, elements. It was not very credible, and you need that to be scary. In comedic fashion, a dwarf was cast. He's Finkel, the assistant of the director. He does every little thing for the director, and it might be funny except for the fact that they take it way too far. It's so annoying. One example is the way Finkel over and over has to hobble over to open a beer for the addicted codependent director. Finkel is loyal, but in the end, even he becomes a victim of the evil and crazed director. His last name is Crow, and I couldn't help but think of Cameron Crow. He may not be a horror director, but the name definitely seemed derived in some way. In conclusion, the premise of this film is what killed it for me. There isn't much to see horror-wise, but perhaps the drug use and drinking is a secret message to viewers who want to enjoy. I can see how some of the kills and gags might be funny while inebriated. Unfortunately, I start stone sober, so I'm not one to ask. Having said that, there are some PG horror films made for television that work their runtime, and they are scary. After all, remember Poltergeist is PG. Still, some like this one miss the mark on several levels. It's definitely okay for a brew, haha, so keep it in mind for that. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Do you think differently about this film? Please let me know. I would definitely welcome a dialogue in the comments. So I hope you enjoyed my review of American Fright Fest. Scream for your life. Thank you for listening to Riley on Film. I'm your host, Damian Riley. You can find out more and subscribe always for free at RileyOnFilm.com Now, have a great day.